Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The state memo sent out to schools saying that native mascots imagery needs to be done with or else there will be consequences that could include the removal of the superintendent and the school board. I think it's a very interesting issue to look at, and that's why I'm bringing on uh, my first guest this morning, and that is John Kane, a native activist who you might recognize his voice on the radio. Um, Let's Talk Native, John Kane uh, from back in 1520. John, I, I was a producer of your show for a short period of time. Yes, you were. Um, unfortunately, the, you know... Not so anymore, but I, I miss seeing your face. It's great to have you on the radio. Uh, I, I want to just start with this idea, and, and I'm wondering what kind of role you might have played in this, because you're as outspoken as they come on a lot of these issues and have been for many, many years. I, when this memo was sent out, did you play a little bit of a part in maybe shaping how this would be worded to school districts? Not so much how it would be worded, but I actually was one of the forces that made this happen. Uh, as If you've read the memo, you know they cite Cambridge Central School in, in the memo directly, and that's where I went to high school. And I took the fight to them. As you know, I've been involved in some of the mascot issues before, including with, uh, when Lancaster changed theirs. But, you know, when I've been involved in the, this debate, Oftentimes, I'm invited in by a school board or a school board member or, you know, perhaps one of the organizations that's involved in it. Uh, but my school, my old high school never called. So I finally said, look, I can't, I, I can't take on a school like Lancaster and, and not address my, my own school. So, uh, so I went to Cambridge back in, in the fall, like November of uh, 2020, and I formally asked them to retire their Cambridge Indians mascot. Um, I started a bit of a petition, and I garnered a little bit of support, mostly some overwhelming opposition, and I did get the school board to retire the mascot um, at the end of that school year. They had ran a few school board members on a new school board members who ran solely on uh, the mascot platform, and then they rescinded the retirement memo. And the families that I was associated with in Cambridge then petitioned the uh, commissioner of education, Dr. Betty Rosa, uh, 
and and claimed that the rescinding of that retirement resolution was arbitrary and capricious and an abuse of their discretionary authority. And she agreed. So she ordered Cambridge to return to its retirement resolution. And once she did that, I started pressing her directly and in the media out in the Albany area, the Times Union and other papers out there, saying, look, if you can tell one school to, uh, to get rid of its mascot, you can tell the rest of the schools. But here's the backstory that most people aren't paying attention to. 20 years ago, the commissioner of education, Dr. Uh, Richard Mills, told schools then that this idea that you're honoring Native people is not, it, it's not flying anymore. You're, you're not going to get away with this thing. We've, we've done the analysis. We've, we've looked at what the, uh, the experts say, both on, uh, from a psychological association uh, standpoint, and all of the Native leaders have, have weighed in on this. That was 20 years ago. And he told schools then, you need to get rid of the mascot and do it at a time that's practical. I mean, he didn't give them a deadline, and he wasn't threatening them, but he said, do it. And many did, but not all of them did. And some of them actually dug in, and some of them actually expanded the use of their native mascots, like Cambridge. And, and I, don't, I can't speak to Iroquois Central and some of the others, but they had 20 years. It wouldn't have cost a dime to get rid of these things because they could have just phased them out. But they, but they didn't. And you know what? When Washington dumped its, uh, its racial slur of a mascot and Cleveland dumped its, its goofy uh, logo and, and its name, other, again, another wave of schools said, yeah, the handwriting has been on the wall, and it's clearly becoming more prominent on the wall. I need to do this. But those schools who refused really refused at, you know, at their own peril. So when this memo came out, which came, came on the heels of Cambridge suing the commissioner of education and losing in court. So now she had a court. I mean, the NYSED had a court ruling supporting this authority that the that the commissioner had. And, you know, here's the other thing that, that this uh, New York State Department of Education has that Richard Mills didn't have 20 years ago. They ha- they've got laws. They've got laws like the Dignity for All Students Act, which which is, again, cited in this memo that you can't you can't have a promote a racial stereotype of a people and then have a, of a law that's supposed to be uh, supposed to stop discrimination. And of course, you also have this wave of diversity, equity, inclusion programs that NYSED has been uh, active in, in uh, promoting. And many schools have adopted these things. So the question is, how can you have a, a, po- a law that's supposed to prevent discrimination, a policy that's supposed to encourage equity, inclusion and diversity and still have one group of people being mocked and uh, being used by others for their amusement and entertainment in these in these oftentimes ridiculous images. You know, John, I, I can only speak for myself, but it's, I think, clear for me, uh, and I think a lot of people, to see, and we go back to what happened in Lancaster, you mentioned what happened in uh, D.C., with the Washington then Redskins, the Lancaster then Redskins, and it's, I, I think it's clear for people to look at that and see why, okay, you know, this shouldn't be a nickname anymore. I think it's a lot less clear for people to see out of, you know, Warriors. Warriors is going to be a popular one this time around because that's many of the school districts in Western New York we're talking about are the Warriors for their nickname. And I think people look at that and say, well, wait a second, what's wrong with that? In your eyes, what is wrong with that? Well, what, what, what people are understanding is they're missing the point. 
it isn't necessarily even the terminology. Yeah, some words are worse than others. Savage and redskin, yeah. There's no question that those things are pretty derogatory. It's the idea of using a people for a mascot. I mean, the, the offensiveness comes from being used in this way. I mean, think about this, Brian. At the very time that schools were adopting these native mascots for their schools, and, and let's be honest, they weren't doing it for us. They were doing it for them. They, they weren't promoting us. They were promoting themselves and certain characteristics that they were trying to uh, associate with, the, with those, image, those imageries. But at the same time schools were doing that, Native kids were still being ripped out of their homes and sent to boarding schools to have their identity stripped. So, I mean, how could you even, even not connect the fact that white kids were being encouraged to beat on their oatmeal canisters and uh, smear their mom's makeup on their face and play Indian as a part of their schooling while Native kids were having their identity literally beaten out of them? So, but what gets missed in all this is it's not necessarily the terminology. It is, it's the practice itself. But on the terminology and the imagery, think about what they're portraying. They're portraying us as relics of the past. So there are many people who don't even know Native people still exist. What do they, what do they see? They see a logo on the side of a helmet. They see these, these, these buff, virile, aggressive, if not violent imagery, images of, of Native people that are Last on their on their, their 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 walls as murals or banners and that kind of stuff. That's the way we are characterized. Yeah, look, I have no problem. In fact, I use the expression warrior, but I use the expression warrior as a peacekeeper, not as as a, as a violent analogy to uh, people crashing into each other on a football field. I um, I'm glad you brought up that point because truthfully, that's why I brought you on today, because you said something many years ago when I was producing your show that has stuck with me as uh, John, it, it is to me like the argument in this entire nationwide controversy uh, that you brought up. Uh, it would have to be, you know, close to 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And that is that in your eyes and I, I think truthfully, it treats Native people as if they do not exist anymore. And, and I remember you talking about this years ago and you bringing up things like Spartans or other ways that we would name teams, and it evokes an image of the past. And your argument was, well, it's not a thing of the past. I'm sitting here talking to you right now. Uh, and that, to me, is a key argument in all of this. Do you think it is the key to getting people to maybe understand your point of view. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, the fact that we're still here. I mean, and let's, let's be honest. I mean, we all know that this idea of objectification is a negative thing. But that's, this is clearly what it is. And here's the one thing, Brian, I got to ask. I got to ask. For those people who say that they're doing this to honor us, I ask one simple question. How would you do the same thing to, uh, for black people? How, what, would, what would be your imagery? What would be the name of your, 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 your sports team? If you can't come up with an appropriate name and image to honor black people, then why the hell do you think you can do it to Native people? Because you're, you're creating – see, what, what I was saying is that the, this mascot issue and the, these names and logos – they are actually the eraser. Our presence isn't being promoted by that. In fact, our, our existence is actually being uh, 
you know, being clouded by this thing. It's almost being erased because we are being cast as these as these relics of the past. You know, we've had Hollywood um, define us. We've had you know famous authors define us in in their literature. We you know we, we see this on television. We see it. We and and we see it in these mascots. But we're still here, and we're living, breathing human beings, and we aren't necessarily somebody with a tomahawk in our hands on the warpath. John, I uh, have two cousins of mine, half Seneca, and I've talked to one of them about this uh, quite a lot. And he went to a native college, and you know, we spent a lot of time talking about this issue with. Native people from all over the U.S. And his big takeaway from this, and I want to know what you think about this, because this is the other thing. Your point is one that sticks with me on this issue. His point is another. And his big takeaway is there's no real consensus among all Native people that everybody thinks the same way. And his big thing was I think most people are just sick of white people telling us what we think. Um From my knowledge and what I've heard over the past few days, um, at least from the Seneca Nation, they were not made aware that the state was going to send out this memo when they did. This was a directive from the state. Is there a little bit of that here? Is there a little bit of can we stop pinholing, you know, uh, pigeonholing everyone in to one box in terms of how they feel? about a particular issue, because your opinion, my opinion, might not reflect everybody's opinion. Well, and, and that's, that's true for, for Native people and non-Native people, but, but let, me, let me be clear here. The, there is somewhat of a consensus when you look at the, the nations who have weighed in on the subject. There are, there's not a single Native organization or uh, Native entity of any kind that has defended this. We've had the National Congress of the American Indian. We've had the Native American Journalists Association. The Seneca Nation has, has already weighed in on this. In fact, some of their statements regarding this use of mascots was used in the Cambridge case, in the lawsuit, and, was, and has been pre- placed in front of the uh, Nation, as was the Mohawk Territories, as was Onondaga, the rest of the Haudenosaunee, the, uh, 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 all of the nations that, that are involved with, with um, their ancestry being here, and frankly, in all these other regions. Native people have waited. Now, I know that there are individual Natives who don't hold the same view. And, and, part of it, and I'm going to explain that. You consider the fact that we have experienced, I mean, through residential schools alone, almost 200 years of, of erasure of identity. We, we have been we've had our language forbidden. We've had so much of our culture that has been derided. And then it gets lifted up in Hollywood. And then we see the dominant culture doing things like naming the football teams after them. So I know that as I was a kid, I knew a lot of my relatives who, who were Washington football fans or Cleveland baseball fans. And the reason they were is because it was, it was the only thing in the dominant culture that they could identify with. But as many of us matured, we realized what a mockery it really was. And especially as, uh, you know, as this whole idea of, of the business of sports grew, when you see 50,000 people, you know, in red face, swinging, you know, these foam tomahawks and, and, and really just embarrassing. I mean, it, it is embarrassing because it is, it is a mockery. I mean, look, 
I, I, I have to keep making the analogy. We know that blackface is wrong, but why don't we know redface is wrong? I mean, we still had people showing up at, at, at they still show up at, at uh, Kansas City games. They were showing up at, at Cleveland games, literally in red face and headdresses. I mean, we, and then, then I, and I always got to point to this one. There was a Philadelphia sports fan, both for the Eagles and for the, uh, the Flyers, who would, when they would play a team like Washington or the, the Chicago Blackhawks, this guy would put on makeup. He would take out a, out of a duffel bag a rubber head that he had dressed, you know, made up like a native, like a decapitated native native head with headrests on and with war paint on. And then he would, he had a saber. He would run through this this head and he'd hoist it up during the games. And you know what? TV couldn't resist putting him on. I mean, even during the the Stanley Cup playoffs, they uh, they couldn't resist focusing in on this on this Philadelphia Flyers fan with the impaled Indian head. So, John, John to, because we're running out of time, to sum up your argument against it, it, it sounds like it's basically you want Native people to be treated the same way that anybody would treat any other race of people. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in a nutshell, yes. And, and we are the only ones singled out for this for this purpose. And, and, and it's just got to stop. It, it is a mockery. It is the appropriation of our identities. And and unlike many other mascots, people become really, really um, obsessed with this. And you have people say, "No, I'm going to be a warrior for the rest of my life." Did you, did you ever hear anybody say, "I'm going to be a, you know, a panther for the rest of my life"? I mean, you, the way that white people, especially, have, have glommed onto this imagery. And the second you tell them that it's wrong, I, I've always said, you know, what's even more racist than uh, than using a native people for a mascot. Uh, the response you get when you tell people it's wrong. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.